Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And um, we're going to talk about faith. I appreciate that woo over there. I know who said woo, but, uh, um, but believe it or not, was that you, Great Dean? Amen. Praise God. Since you know the Holy Spirit told me, He said, ask them if they're excited tonight to learn about faith. Amen. Because our attitude towards the Word has everything to do with what we receive from the Word. And um, when it comes to what the Word of God has to say and teach us about faith, um, we should really get excited about that because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And, um, you know, the Bible says the principal thing is wisdom. And in all you're getting, get wisdom. He's literally saying the most important thing is wisdom. And you think, well, is wisdom more important than faith? And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Because God's given to every person the measure of faith. But without the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom on how to use that faith to get results, that faith is basically a Lamborghini with no gas. It's, it's in you and, and it's powerful, but if you don't know how to use it. So thank God for the faith that He's given us and thank God tonight as we go after knowledge, understanding, and wisdom where that faith is concerned. Um, we believe He's going to teach us some things and show us some things and help us be stronger and more effective in faith. Amen? All right, praise God. So let's just go, um, there's a lot of stuff here, but let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, and we'll look at verse number 11. It says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Okay? The King James Version says, Let us labor therefore, same verse, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You say, well, Pastor Mark, are unbelief and disobedience not two separate things? Well, I guess technically by definition, they're two separate things, but if you understand the bigger picture here, the, the uh, unbelief was reflected in their lack of response or their lack of obedience. And so we've said the part of this word that you really believe is the part that you do. And the Bible says that when we hear the Word and don't do the Word, that we deceive ourselves. And that faith without a corresponding action is still dormant inside of us. So that's why we see these words interchangeably or interchange with one another. Sometimes you see uh, belief and obedience or obey. And other times you see unbelief, uh, disobey, disobedience. Because it's not just hearing, but it's hearing and then responding in obedience to that word. Um, let's keep going here. The same passage in the English Standard Version. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And then the God's Word translation. So we must make every effort to enter that place of rest. Then no one will be lost by following the example of those who refuse to obey. Same verse from one more translation, the Amplified. Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest of God to know and experience it for ourselves that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. Now, let's just review real quick, like if we could, on this subject of rest. Biblical rest is speaking of you and me enjoying the fruits of someone else's of course, what we see is that Jesus, for example, did all the heavy lifting for our salvation. 
and provided uh, life eternally and abundantly uh, in Father's kingdom for us. And so we enter into what He provided uh, through faith. Um, Hebrews says it this way, no one else has shed any blood um, as far as your, you, know, you haven't shed your blood for your sins to be forgiven. Jesus did the work. We enter into the rest, but we enter into that rest through faith, through belief. We see that the Israelites who came out of slavery in Egypt, God brought them out with the intent of bringing them into their best life, into their promised life and their promised land. But they didn't enter into the rest, and they didn't enter in because of unbelief. So he says that we need to work to enter into our rest, lest we fall according to the same example of unbelief or the same example of disobedience. So there's a play on of words that's taking place here. He's saying that we should work to rest. And when we understand what Jesus said in John the 6th chapter, He said that our work was to believe on Him whom God has sent. He's talking about the effort that's required for you and me to enter into faith and ultimately into the benefit, the full experience of what Jesus paid such a high price for us to have. Now, we use the example of our dear and blessed uh, Brother Ed Canada when, and for those of you who don't know Brother Ed, he's uh, 93, I believe, unless he's had a birthday recently, um, and he plants a garden every year and does all that's involved in working that garden and then brings bucketfuls of produce every Sunday um, for us here as a family of faith to enjoy. And of course, we know that we are entering into the fruit of all that Brother Ed, you know, hoeing and sweating and planting and and, you know, it's, if you've ever worked a garden, especially one the size of his, it's a lot of hard work. And, and yet he brings it in for you and me to then enter into the rest of his labors, in, into the fruit of his labors. But still, if you're going to, like, for instance, when he brings squash, it still requires some effort on your part to go get the squash out of the bucket, carry it home, wash it, cut it up, and cook it and eat it, Right? Now, your work compared to his work is no work at all, but his work required. And so when we talk about the, the, that which Jesus has made available to us, it does require effort on our part, but it's the work of faith. Or, as Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, what I want us to focus in on tonight in the time that we have remaining together is this dynamic that exists between the Word of God and faith. Right? Now, this is, this is really, really important. Okay? Um, I remember as a kid, as a young man, you know, I, I would think in, in terms of faith, and if you listen to this by um, audio recording, then it would be kind of hard for you to see me act it out. But Faith was kind of like, you know, like you just, you just try, you know, for me, I was like, you just got to try real hard, you know, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, you know, it's like, it was like, it was something that I felt like I had to, you know, make happen some way. And um, when I look at, you know, my own journey of faith, and, and I'm still learning like the rest of us and growing like the rest of us in faith, you know, 
um, it, was a, it was a wonderful day when I realized that, you know, faith was something that I've been given by my Heavenly Father, Romans 12 and 3. He's dealt to every person the measure of faith. Not a measure, but the measure. So that means we've all got the same measure of faith. And what we do with our faith, of course, is what, you know, seems like some people were given more than others. But no, we were all given the measure of faith. And of course, we have to develop that faith and learn how to operate in faith. But, but it, it was a wonderful day when I realized that it wasn't... Listen to me very carefully because I don't want to confuse you here. There is effort required on my part, but it's not something that I have to do by myself. In other words, Father designed faith to not be hard but easy. Not, not be... You know, something that does require effort, but something that a child could do. As a matter of fact, the Bible even talks about a childlike faith being, you know, like the example for us to follow. And I think what has happened, listen to me now, I don't want to offend you, but I think what's happened with a lot of folks is we thought that in order to be strong in faith, we had to somehow make faith really complicated and and it's like we're trying to cross all the T's and dot all the I's and make sure we get everything you know, just lined up exactly right. And, and then we see in the Scripture where there was a centurion that um, he was a heathen man. I mean, he was, he was a Roman uh, soldier that God only knows what all this man had participated in. But because he simply understood the idea of authority... And he told Jesus, he said, you don't have to come to my house. If you will just speak the word only, my servant will be healed. Jesus said to that man, right, I have not seen so great a faith, no, not in all of Israel. Now, you know, you, you take someone who raised in church, tried really hard to live right, tried really hard to, to you know, if you're not careful, that can frustrate you. You know, when you take this rank amateur who comes along and says, no, no, you don't have to come to my house, Jesus, just... I'm a, I'm a man of authority. I'm a man under authority. I recognize that you're the same. Speak the word only, right? So notice here, it's not how complicated we can make it. Faith, based upon this encounter and Jesus' compliment following, is something that really should be something natural, and, and I'm even going to say simple, in our lives. Is that fair enough? Now, he, here is what makes faith hard. Remember what the Holy Spirit said to us a few weeks back. Life is not hard. Life outside of faith is hard. Okay? Everybody talks about how hard life is. No, the reason life is hard is because we don't know how to do life by faith. But doing life by faith is a thousand times better and easier when we learn how to use faith in our lives on a daily basis. And we're not just, praise God, I don't want to go too far down this road, but what happens with a lot of folks is they get in a really difficult situation. Now all of a sudden they're trying to scrape together faith like like trying to scrape together change out of the sofa cushions to, to try to get some result in their life. And yet the Bible says that we walk by faith. We go about life by faith. Faith is not something that we have to try to scrape together for different episodes, but it's how we should be learning to live every single moment, every single hour and day of our lives. Amen? Now, what makes faith seem hard when it's really never meant to be hard is that faith requires something in your life in order to function. And, um, and that is, first and foremost, the Word of God. Okay, And what I 
want you to kind of think of, Jesus taught it this way, he said that faith was like soil and the Word of God was like seed. And as long as the seed and the soil are separate, then you know, nothing's happening. But when the uh, seed is planted in the soil of your heart, which faith is a function of the heart, this is when the power that's in the Word of God is released and begins to produce results in your life. So when people try to believe God, let me, let me say it another way. If you're really in faith, then there will be a basis for that faith in your life. A lot of what, and I recently heard Keith Moore preach a message on this, and he did a, a fabulous job with it. A lot of what people call faith, when they say, you know, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, they're really not believing. I'm not trying to offend you, I'm trying to help you tonight. They're really not believing. What they're really saying is that they're wishing. Um, the Bible talks about unfeigned faith, okay? which would be faith that is not pretend or faith that is not fake. Okay? So if there is a faith that is not pretend, that means there is a faith that is pretend. Are you hearing me? If there's a faith that is not fake, there is a, a faith that is fake. Okay, I don't know what I was expecting tonight, but amen. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So a lot of times, you know, we call ourselves being in faith when we're really not. Because when you are in faith, you have grabbed hold of something that God has said. Are you understanding? In other words, faith has a basis. And um, that basis is the Word of God. Now, let's, um, let's do this. Um, Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, it says this. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, the, um, the slide, if you notice on the overhead or in your Bible, the word cometh is in italics. And that is um, a, uh, a tool that is used to inform you, me, the reader, that the word cometh was not in the original text. It was something the translators added to make this passage more readable. But it was not there. The word come or cometh was not in the original text. The originally uh, written, breathed from the Holy Spirit text was, so then faith by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So then, faith by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, I know that there are some really world-renowned faith teachers that disagree with me on this. And that's fine. I'm not... You know, I even asked the Lord this a week and a half ago, Lord, you know, if I'm wrong on this, you show me. But I believe this is... You know, the Bible talks about He gives each person a portion. No one has all the truth. He gives each person a portion. And I believe that this is a portion that He has given to me. Amen. And, and, and what I mean by that is there are people who teach that when you hear the Word of God, faith comes from like the Holy Spirit 
or from heaven and drops into your heart. I do not believe that is what the Bible teaches. I believe the Bible teaches that God has already given you the measure of faith and that when you hear the Word of God, it awakens the faith, strengthens the faith, arouses the faith that's already inside of you. This is why you can go to a place in the world where they've never heard the name of Jesus a single time, preach to them the gospel of the kingdom, and people will be born again. They will, it will awaken the faith that's dormant inside of them when they hear the Word of God. It will awaken that faith for them to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Amen. So there is a dynamic that exists between the faith that's in you and the Word of God. So when you hear the Word of God, it awakens that faith. It brings that faith forward, so to speak, in your life. So this word faith cometh, I, I don't have a problem with, with that word being inserted in there, but as long as, and if you disagree with me too, that's fine. We can get to heaven together. It's all right. But is the idea that it, it comes from inside of you to the surface in your life. And I've shared this before. I'll share it again. I could teach on tithing tonight and you may not write the check tonight, but something would stir inside of you to, to tithe. I could preach on fasting tonight. And it would, it would awaken faith in you to fast. Amen. Now, that, that doesn't mean your fast will last any longer than mid-morning on Monday. But it, it, it would be awakened in you. You'd go out of here thinking, man, it's time to fast. Praise God, I'm a faster. Let's sign up for a 40-day fast. Let's just start. Let's just jump right in, you know. Because again, the Word of God is, is awakening. It's bringing to the surface the faith that God put inside of you that he, that he gave you, I believe, as a baby gift. Okay? Again, world-renowned Bible teachers say that God has only given the measure of faith to people who are born again. I do not believe the Bible says. It says He's given to every man. Every man. Just like the Bible says that Jesus is the light that has shined upon every man. You know, we, we take for granted, even, even heathen folk that deny God exists, right? They take for granted how much better their life is because Jesus is shining on them and loving them and trying to help them best He can, best, best they'll let Him help them. All right? So you still with me tonight? I'm, just, I'm trying to show you something here. So there's a dynamic. It's like there's a dynamic that exists between seed and soil. There's a dynamic that exists between the faith that's inside of you and the Word of God. Amen? Now, listen, I'm not saying that the Word of God is, is outside of you because a lot of you in here have been hiding this Word in your heart. You've been taking it. But it originates... See, faith originates inside of you, but the Word of God is separate from you. If you never, that's why the devil's trying to steal the Word from you. And, and one of the ways he steals it from a whole lot of folks is by them never hearing it the first time. Okay? Because again, there's a dynamic that's activated when the faith in you comes in contact with the Word of God that's outside of you, coming from outside of you into you. The Bible says folks will never get saved unless they call upon the name of the Lord. But how can they call upon Him whom they've, uh, if they've never heard of Him? And, and, and how can they hear of Him unless somebody goes and tells them about Him? And how can those go and tell them about Jesus unless somebody sends them? Amen. So there's folks all over the world tonight. I, that may be a bit of an exaggeration, but in a lot of places in the world tonight uh, that, that we send there, we help send them there um, to tell people that have never heard about Jesus. Um, and so what happens? They, they, they tell, 
They hear. Now, not everybody who hears gets saved. King Agrippa heard, and he even told Paul. He said, man, Paul, somebody get Paul out of here before I get saved. Because you almost persuade me to be a Christian. Because he was hearing the Word of God, and there's a dynamic between the Word of God and faith that's inside of a person. And, and so, now listen to me, please. We've been talking about this on Sunday night. I'm going to bring it up again here on, on Wednesday night. I want you to do a personal experiment. And what I mean by experiment is, I want you to quadruple the amount of word that you're hearing and you're taking into your being, into your life, um, ear gate, eye gate, amen, um, on a daily basis. I triple dog dare you. I quadruple dog dare you to quadruple the amount of the Word of God. Amen. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is awakened by hearing. And so you hear and 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 it's, it's feeding that faith. Whatever you feed, gets strong lives. Whatever you starve, whatever you starve, gets weaker and dies. And so if you're going to lay awake at night worrying about your children, worrying about your finances, worrying about your health, right? You're feeding unbelief. You're feeding doubt and unbelief and it's getting stronger and it's, it's becoming more alive and it's having more and more influence in your life. But if you will instead, as a deliberate intentional act, set your mind on the things of the Spirit, lay there and confess the Word of God if you can't sleep, confess the Word of God, mutter the Word of God to yourself, rehearse it over and over in your mind, guess what you're doing? You're feeding faith. You're, you're stoking the fires of faith in your heart. Your faith's growing. Your faith's getting stronger. Your faith's becoming more influential inside of you, in your thinking, in your mind. And, and greater realms of possibilities are now coming into view in your life. There's no substitute for this, my friend. There is no shortcut to this. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Why do you think Jesus said in John the 15th chapter, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask anything that you want and it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. It's because His Word abiding in you activates, strengthens, brings to the surface and, 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 and just literally brings to life the faith that is required to ask and receive from our Heavenly Father. Amen? Oh, I, I don't know about you. I'm enjoying this myself. Praise God. All right. Now, hearing the Word then awakens the faith He gave you and put in your heart. Watch this though. The same faith you need in order to respond and act on His Word. Now, if that sounded like I was talking in circles, it's because I was. See, the Bible says this. Let me, let me step off of this one. I'll come back to it in just a minute. The Bible says this. God hasn't given you a spirit of bondage again to fear. Okay? Did you hear that? All right. But a spirit of adoption whereby you cry out, Abba, Father. Now, the Bible says that through fear, in Hebrew, that's Romans 8, in Hebrews, I think it's 2, amen, Hebrews, 
2.14.15 maybe. Anyway, he says that through a fear of death, we are our entire lifetime subject to bondage. Now notice here we've got, we've got two words, fear and bondage. Bondage is like addiction. Bondage is when you're restricted. Bondage is when you, you're not free to live the life that God created you to live. Okay? Are you still with me tonight? So now watch this. When we have fear in our hearts, it predisposes us to addiction, to bondage, whatever you want to call it. All right? But notice now, when we start participating in that, it actually generates more fear. It generates more fear. Come on, I got the right bunch tonight. Bondage, addiction, slavery, when we're enslaved to something, when we're, when we're caught in a financial trap that we can't seem to get out of, when we're caught in some legal trap that we can't seem to get out of, that, that trap causes fear. It generates more fear, which generates more bondage, which generates more fear, which generates more bondage, which generates more fear, which generates more bondage. You see how this works, right? We get caught in this vicious cycle. The, the, the more we worry, the, the Bible talks about how we, you know, we, we're afraid, we say negative things, and then that actually sets those negative things in motion, which now we become more fearful, which leads to more bondage, which leads to more fear. You following this? Okay. Now, if you can understand it in the negative you can understand it in the positive. And, and what I mean by that is, we hear the Word of God, and faith comes to the surface. Faith is awakened, aroused, is strengthened. Because if we're going to obey the Word of God, we will obey it by faith. So the Word of God activates arouses and brings to the surface the faith inside of you necessary to obey the Word of God. To do what the Word of God says. So we've already received an offering, and I'm not going to preach on fasting, but back to the fasting and the tithing sermons, okay? You know, pack, it'll be a packed house that Sunday, I'm sure. No, I'm just kidding. All right, All right so, so you hear it. It awakens faith. It's not just like it awakens faith and you go, man, that fasting, fasting is a good thing. I never knew that fasting was so good. I'm so glad that I now believe fasting is something Christians ought to do. It's more than that. It doesn't just, it doesn't just cause you to believe fasting is beneficial. It awakens faith in you to fast. You see the difference there? You see the difference there? I preach on giving and tithing tonight. It, it won't just make you say, man, that tithing, I'm going to tell you what, that's... That's some of the best tithing teaching I've ever heard. I am a tithing believer now, right? No. The faith that it brings to the surface is a faith that says, where's my checkbook? Are you... Are you there's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... Again, I'm not trying to get you to fast or tithe. That's between you and God. I'm just saying. I'm trying to show you what the Word of God... It activates the faith in you that you need to obey the Word you heard. Okay. So then you take that step of faith and obey the word that you heard. Guess what it just did? It just strengthened your faith. 
it just made the faith that you had brought, you heard the word. Let me show you. Let me just, I got to pick one. I'm trying to preach two at the same time. Let's just stay with fasting. Okay? So, you hear the word on fasting. It arouses and awakens faith in you to fast. But not to believe that fasting is a good thing, but to actually do the fast. And so you say, you know what, I'm going I'm to do a three-day fast. And, and then about 10.30 on a Monday morning, your blood sugar drops, you get a headache because you usually drink caffeine in the morning, and you start getting all wobbly and trembly, and you start getting hangry. See, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, you don't need more faith. You need endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you can receive the promise or the blessing. Right? Okay. See, we, we think, well, you just, you, just didn't, you just didn't have enough faith to fast. No, if, if, if you missed one meal, you had enough faith to do that. Right? So we're talking about now about endurance. He says, don't cast away your confidence. See, you heard the word. You know, it's, it's good to preach on fasting after you've had supper, right? You know, I mean, it's like, okay, we're full. We're good, man. I'm a, I'm, I got this fasting thing. Right? Okay. But now, but let's say you don't cave in. Let's say you push on through the dry place. And then comes day two, and you're like, what? This is the most ridiculous thing. But you endure. And then come day three, you complete the fast. You eat you some food. And guess what? You just strengthen your faith. You just held fast your confession. You just endured. All of hell tried to get you to back down from that, and you didn't. You obeyed. Right? See, now... Your faith is stronger. Are you seeing this? Now your faith is stronger. Not just where fasting is concerned. Your faith is stronger where everything is concerned. Alright? Now, where's the time go? Let's do this. Romans 1 and 17. Turn there with me. This is, a, this is a, an important faith passage, okay? Romans 1 and 17, and we'll... We'll finish right here tonight, okay? Man, i got to give you this. Thank you, Father. So Romans 1 and 17, it says this. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Okay? Now, the context here is righteousness. And that is, you know, like a, a primo, premium, example of this principle. But the same thing is true of prosperity. The same thing is true of healing. In other words, what's true in this passage as it pertains to your righteousness, it is true of any other benefit 
any other portion of what became true about you through the new birth. Now, I don't have time tonight to, this is, you know, a lot involved in this, but I think some of you are aware already that when you were born again, you were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You became a righteous man or woman. You became just as right before God in the eyes of God as Jesus, your spirit, the real you. He's not talking about becoming righteous. He's talking about the righteousness you've already become being revealed. Meaning what? Meaning it's translating into righteous living. The inward righteousness that you became now reflected in righteous living. You, You became a righteous man or woman which now gave you the platform, the wherewithal to live a righteous life. Until you're made righteous inwardly, you can never live righteously outwardly. You can never live righteous outwardly. Yes? Yes? So he's saying that this this righteousness that we've become, the righteousness of God, is being revealed, being, being, being brought forth from you from faith to faith. From faith to faith. Okay? So let me show you what that means. Your behavior will always line up with what you believe to be true about yourself. If you believe you're a failure, you're going to keep failing. If, if, you, if that inward image that you have of yourself is, of, is that of an addict, then you're going to keep living in addiction. Your, your, your outward behavior will always line up with what you believe to be true about yourself. Ready now? Even if what you believe to be true about yourself isn't true. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. A lot of folks who've been made free by Jesus still living in bondage because they believe... Are you hearing me? They're lining their thoughts, words, and actions up with the way things look, seem, and feel. Hello? All right. But now watch this. You just keep hearing the Word of God. You just keep hearing the Word of God. You just keep confessing over yourself, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for me so that I could become the righteousness of God in Him. I have been justified just as if I never sinned. I've been justified by faith. It was not my sin that made me a sinner and it is not my obedience that makes me righteous. Adam sinned and I was born of his seed and I became a sinner. But Jesus, thank God I've been born a second time of His seed now And because of His obedience, I've been made righteous. So you just keep saying that. You just keep feeding that into your heart and mind. Guess what it's doing? It's awakening and arousing faith inside of you. And all of a sudden, you begin to believe, I am righteous. Now that you begin to believe that you are righteous, guess what? You start doing some righteous things. And when you start doing some righteous things, guess what? You start believing even more that you're righteous. And you start believing even more that you're righteous. You start living even more righteous than you've ever lived before. You start living even more righteous than you've ever lived before. You start believing even more that you're righteous. And you start living even more righteous than you've ever lived before. From faith to faith to more faith to more faith. Are you seeing how this works? Man, listen to this from the Amplified Version. For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed. 
both springing from faith and leading to faith. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. Look at that one phrase. Both springing from faith and leading to faith. Both springing from faith and leading to faith. You see that? Again, this is a principle. I have no problem. As a matter of fact, it's beautiful. It's right here in the Scriptures when it comes to righteousness. But listen, you didn't just become righteous when you were born again. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? You became an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. The Bible says you've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. The Bible says you receive not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. And he says those things are being revealed to you by God. How? Faith. Faith to faith. Faith to faith. So what he's saying here is, the more words you hear, activates faith to respond. When you respond, it causes faith to spring forth. When you respond, it leads to more faith. Which causes more faith to, to, to spring forth, which leads to greater steps of faith on our part. I remember, I remember I, was, I was 12 years old. It took every ounce of faith I had in me to lift my hands in worship. I felt like everybody in the building was staring at me. I was, I was people don't believe this about me. I, I used to be very timid, very bashful. Okay. I remember riding the whole way home from church. I know they're fixing to say something about it. I know my mom and dad are fixing to say something about it. I know they're fixing to say something about it. They never said anything about it. I don't even know if they knew that I raised my hands to worship in church. Okay. Now you think, well, that's, that's pretty silly, right? No, no, that's where I was. But man, I did it. I did it by faith unto God. I did it because it's what the Word of God says, that, that we should lift our holy hands to Him and lift our hands to worship Him. And, and so in, in a simple act of obedience, by faith, hearing that, watching other people do that, it awakened faith in me to do it. I was raised Southern Baptist. I, I was raised in a quiet Baptist church. We had one man who said amen about every three weeks, and everybody in the church turned around and looked at him when he said it. was new to me. I was in a Pentecostal church and a woman was screaming in the choir, shaking and screaming, okay? I thought she was being electrocuted by the microphone. Her hand was near a microphone. I'm not, I promise you, and I thought, these crazy people are not even going to help that poor woman. That's how foreign all that stuff was to me, right? It was strange to me. So finally, I got my hands up. I kind of did it like this, but you know, you kind of... You start here, you know what I'm talking about. You kind of, you know, you kind of start here, you know, and then here and here, you know. You, amen. I finally got them up. I got them all the way up. Faith, right? Faith. Which led me to take a, a more bold step the next time. Faith springs forth, leads to more faith, which causes more faith to spring forth, which leads to more faith. Now I'm standing in front of you preaching. 
You see the difference there, right? It's faith. It's how faith works. That's why the devil always tries to bring the resistance, obviously from hearing it, but even when it's brought to the surface, he's going to, all kinds of ways, he's going to try to try to trick you in, keep you from following through. Right? I mean, what's he, what's he going to do? Is he just going to sit back and let you take everything that God has for you without stop? No, see, he can't do that. But he rolls the dice every time he does it. Because James says that if you endure in your faith, in spite of the devil trying to stop you, if you endure, all he's going to succeed in doing is making you stronger. All he's going to do. Because once you stand and come out the other side, See, that lousy devil, watch this now. Watch this now. You can be tempted and not sin, and the devil will try to make you feel guilty. Because he's, you know, and you come out of that, you think, if you're not careful, you'll be going, oh my gosh, man, next time. See, he's telling you, all right, you, you, you did it this time, but next time. No, see, he's lying to you. You're going to be stronger next time. You're going to fast five days next time. You see what I'm saying? It's, that's growth, right? That's how he moves us forward. Sometimes we, we go through difficult things in our lives and, you know, we, we, we come out the other side of it and, you know, we, we feel all beat down and maybe confused and frustrated. If we're not careful, man, we, we'll miss the victory. You know, I can't tell you how many times in this altar over the years people have poured their hearts out to me about what a rough week they had, what a rough time they had, how hard things were. You know, and I, I'll, I'll let you do that for a few minutes. And then I'll just go, praise God, look at where you're standing right now. And they look at me like, what in the world? I said, the devil tried everything he could to keep you from here, being here this morning, and look, you're here. You won and don't even realize it. You just beat him and don't even know that you did. Right? Dude, you're sitting in church on a Wednesday night. And the devil's trying. Think of where you've been a lot of Wednesday nights in your life. It wasn't church, a lot of us in here, right? And the devil trying to make you feel like you're hanging on by a thread. You're not hanging on by a thread. You're stomping a mud hole in him. Farther along than you've ever been. From faith to faith, right? Amen. Let's stand tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for this time together this evening. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters. Father, we just um, pause for a moment. We join our faith together. And Father, we pray for one another tonight. Lord, for the one that's here tonight that's struggling with some things uh, financially, Lord, we believe together as a body of Christ, Lord, that You are bringing supernatural financial breakthrough, Lord, in the lives of those who need this kind of miracle and breakthrough in their lives. Father, for the men and women in this room who need a job or or who need a better job tonight, um, Father, I just... We call in the employment, Lord, 
that is absolutely perfect for our brothers and sisters during this point and juncture, this time in their lives, in their growth and development. Lord, a job that they enjoy going to, that pays them well, with good benefits, Father, that will allow them to be at church and to, to be involved in what You have for them to be involved in when it comes to the work of the ministry. Father, for that one who is feeling weak tonight, Lord, You said, let the weak man say, I'm strong. And so, Father, we confess our strength in You tonight. Father, we're not going to wallow in self-pity and play the victim card before You, but, Father, we're going to play our faith card tonight. And, Lord, we're going we're to talk about how strong we are because Jesus is strong and He's in us, and greater is He who's in us than He who's in the world against us. Father, for the one that's here tonight that needs healing in their body, Father, we release the resources of Your kingdom into the bodies. Physical healing, Lord, released into this room tonight. In Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed. Father, we release that now tonight. We thank You, Father, for wisdom. Lord, those that have hard decisions. Lord, for those that are facing legal issues, criminal and or civil. And Lord, that's personal stuff. We're not trying to get anybody's business tonight. But You know the business. You know, Father, the concerns in people's lives and things that they're facing and things that the enemy is trying to use against them. And Father, again, we join our faith together. We call in favor, Lord, with judges. We call in favor, Lord, in, in, in these situations. Father, even in situations where people may have been in the wrong, we thank You for mercy, Father. And Lord, we just believe that these things, Lord, are going to unfold quickly and, and in the favor of those, Lord, who are facing such things in this room tonight. And so, Father, we just say that we love You. Father, we call men and women from the north, the south, the east, and the west to come and experience You in this place together with us. Father, we thank You that this building is filled to capacity. Lord, even the balcony built out and filled to capacity. Father, just with folks that are just alive and excited about You and Your Word and doing the works of Jesus. And so, Father, glorify Your name in this house and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said together, Amen, Amen and so be it. We love you. Be blessed. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus tonight. Move forward in faith this week. Amen. Good things. We'll see you Sunday if not before.